God is good, amen. God is good, amen. I had a, a really good and funny intro story about my life and growing up in Christmas, uh, but when I was telling it in my mind, I imagined that you all were laughing so hard that I could not regroup you and go with my, my sermon, and so just pretend that you had a really good laugh, and I'm very relaxed, so we can just dive into our lesson for this morning. I've been thinking for a couple of weeks now of what to talk about, what to preach about, uh, and so I did a whole lot of research, and by research I mean I watched a whole lot of Christmas movies, and, uh, and things came to my mind, how the Grinch stole Christmas, uh, Charlie Brown, where it talks about being too commercialized, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean slipped in there somehow, I'm not sure, uh, but all these different thoughts came to my mind, and then here recently, uh, I, was, I was seeing on, uh, on the internet this information and this stuff going on uh, about atheists trying to take Christ out of Christmas uh, with the thought of, uh, we don't need Christ in Christmas uh, which is a debate and a, and a thought and, and issues that have always taken place. Uh, it's nothing new. And, and there's different thoughts and opinions around this time of year. Uh, thoughts of, of, is this about Christ's birth? Is this about presents? Is this about gifts? Is this an uh, old pagan holiday that we've created and, and taken over? Is this something we should really look at and acknowledge as a church. Should we have Christmas trees in the building? Should we have manger scenes here? There's all these thoughts and opinions that kind of surface at this time. But no matter your opinion on it, no matter your thoughts about it, one thing that I think is incredible about this time of year is in this nation, right here this week, more than ever in our, our nation's calendar year of events, people are talking about the name Christ. People are hearing about the birth of hope into this world. People are acknowledging that something radically happened 2,000 and something years ago on, a, on some day that we're not really sure, but it changed everything. That there's going to be songs that are sung throughout this city and throughout this nation that profess that Jesus Christ was a real being in history. That last week I attended a public school where the word Christ was mentioned. Not we wish you happy holidays. It was we wish you Merry Christmas. And to me, that is something to celebrate. That is something to be excited about. That no matter what our nation deals with, no matter what's going on, that right here, right now, there are people that may be hearing the story of the birth of a Savior for the first time. And so, this morning, I would like to not break that norm. And I would like to reflect on the birth of Christ. But I want to, to take a different thought about it. I want to take a different twist about it. And I want to put myself as if I were Joseph. What thoughts I would be going through. What feelings I would have. What insecurities. What excitements. 
would be going on in my mind if I was Joseph. And so through reading and, and just reflecting, I hope you capture maybe what Joseph might have felt and what that might mean to you today. To help me, I have Ross Denman down here. He's going to be reading scriptures throughout uh, my lesson, and, uh, and I will reflect on those. And so as we begin, go ahead and turn to the book of Luke. And Ross will be reading Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to the town of Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are the high, highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at, this, at his word and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who is said to be unable to conceive, in her sixth month, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. What was I to do? What, what was I to think? I mean, here I was. I was, I was over here away from her, preparing a room, adding a room to my father's house. I was preparing and getting ready to, to take my bride and bring her home as my wife. And this news, this news changes everything. Her, she, she was supposed to be here uh, in, in a time of purification, in a time of, of cleansing, in a time of, of getting new garments sold, uh, sewed together for our wedding day. But now this news... This news of, of her conceiving a child changes everything. She tells me that it's the Spirit of God that has, has gave her this, this, this boy to be born. But it's hard for me to believe that. I've heard the prophecies. I know them well. I, I've learned the law, the Torah. I've studied them. I'm a, I'm a Sadiq, a, a, a just, righteous man. And I know these prophecies. I know about the virgin birth, but, but God to call her into this story? Who are we? Who is she? Who am I? She's an anawim, a, a, a poor of the poors. She, she, she's no one who you would think would come into this story that would be invited to carry the Son of God. And, and I'm supposed to believe this? I don't... 
I don't know what to do. Because if it's not true, then there's a few options I have. The worst one, there's no way I could ever, ever do that to the one I love. The worst one is to put her out as a public display. To have her stoned to death. But I care for her. I love her dearly. There's no way I would ever want any harm to come to her. But yet the law is the law. So what am I to do? Maybe, maybe her, her parents can offer me tokens of virginity and I can accept that. But still, maybe the option I have at this point for her to have conceived a child out of, out of wedlock, for her to, 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 to be in the situation, in the situation she's put me in, maybe, maybe I will just divorce her quietly. But what are people going to say? How will they react? For I am a righteous man. And all the people that I I surround myself are righteous people. And they'll know that something's going on. They'll see that we are no longer together. And soon they'll see a baby being born. What will I do? And as I look at her, as I see her, it's very confusing because when I look at her, she sits there peacefully. She sits there as if she's got no guilt and no shame in her eyes. She sits there calmly. What am I going to do? I look at her. I see this woman I love. I have fear that she is going to be called a neap, an adulterer. I have fear of what is to come of her. And she sits there, and she looks at ease, and she softly sings, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit gives glory to God, my Savior. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her public public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quickly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. I woke up shaking. My, my heart felt like it was just pounding out of my chest. My pulse was racing. I had cold, chilled sweats all over me. It was true. 
the angel of the Lord appeared to me as well, just like, just like Mary, he's now appeared to me and he told me everything would be okay, that it was the Spirit of God that brought about this news. This changes everything. You know, reading these, these prophecies, knowing these, these happenings, it, it's kind of scary if I think about what's to come of this boy. This boy who, who I'm going to be a father of. I'm going to be a father? I'm going to be a father? What in the world? I'm not ready to be a father. We weren't, we weren't there yet. This boy is going to follow in my footsteps. He's going to, to take after me. I'm going to teach him the skills and the trades that I have learned from my father and his father's father. We're going to sit down and I'm going to recite with him the Torah. I'm going to talk with him about the things that God, that Yahweh did for, for our people in the past. And you know how parents, they, they, they always talk about, you know, this, this child is God's child. He's just kind of on loan. But this one literally is God's child. I'm going to be protecting and caring for God's son. I need to go talk to Mary. I need to, to go tell her that, that everything is going to be okay, that I had the angel of the Lord come to me as well, and that, that what she knows, I now know. And so I went to her. And there I just see her in, in the state of peace. But there's this hint of uncertainty as I approach her, she knows that I have had these struggles about this situation. She, she's uncertain of how I'm going to react. What am I going to do? And so as she looks up to me, I confidently just tell her that everything will be okay. That those around us may call you a neap, an adulterer. That those around us may give us looks that they might not understand what we're going through. However, Mary, one day, you'll be known as Theodicus, as the one who bears God. And to me right now, Mary, I told her, I know how precious and how wonderful you are. And she looked up at me, she's like, why would God have such favor on us? Why would he, he choose us? I had no response. We just reminded each other how God used several people throughout our nation's history, like Gideon or Moses, to do great things. And here, God is using us to do great things. And so I looked at her. And I told her to come home to me. For I had prepared a place for her. And I wanted her to be where I was. And that she would be my wife. And that her baby would be my baby. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to, to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all, your, all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heaven, heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God with the highest heaven, and on earth, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, the, they spread the word concerning what had been told, that told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. You should have seen these guys. Their eyes were just wide open. I mean, they just could not stop asking me questions, one after another after another. And I finally had to tell them, guys, 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 slow down. And then they took a breath. I said, what, what's going on? And they asked me, is this, is this him? Is this the Messiah? Is this the Savior? Is this really him? We've been searching through, throughout this town to find him. And, and, and the angel of the Lord appeared to us. And the other, other, another one just stepped in and started saying, yes, we were out in the fields tending to our flock, our sheep and our lambs. And, and suddenly the, the angel of the Lord came and we just fell to our knees because we were terrified. And another one spoke up and said, yeah, we were terrified. We thought this was the end. But he had good news. He started to tell us about this virgin birth. He started to tell us about what was happening in the town of David and that we should hurry and go there. And then these shepherds appear right before my midst. They're standing there over this newborn baby. And they're looking and they finally have stopped shaking and stopped talking and they're just sitting there in awe. And these guys, they stunk like sheep. They smelled and I find it interesting that these guys, they left the field in which they were tending to sheep and, and, and lambs that were important to maybe the town and, and to the temple. That these, these animals that they were in watch over were more than likely those that would be sacrificed. They left those lambs to come and see the Lamb of God. They left protecting that flock. They left their job and they came to witness. And, and, and shepherds, shepherds of all people, I just kept thinking to myself, the story gets greater and greater of who's invited into it. First Mary, now me, now these shepherds, these shepherds, they're no bodies. If you're talking about on the righteous totem pole, they're kind of at the lower end. They don't get to be a part of all the festivals. They don't get to go to the temple. They don't get to visit the synagogue as often because they're out tending to the flock. I always see these guys kind of a roughneck people, and yet God called them into this story. 
It just keeps getting better. And they sit there in awe. They sit there in awe looking at this infant. This infant that was going to change the world. And not only were these guys the first to be invited to to witness my son's birth. They were the first to be invited to share it with others. Because when they left, when they left me, they took off and they just told everyone. They couldn't stop telling anybody. Could you imagine sitting there and these stinky shepherds just running through town saying, the Messiah is born. But people believed them. Because we were all waiting on a Messiah. We were all waiting on a king. Little did we know what this infant would bring us. Little did we know what all it would change. And there was my sweet Mary. She just sat there. At this point, she had picked up Jesus and was holding him. And and he had begun to cry no matter what the songs say. And she started rocking him back and forth. Saying, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. After Christmas... The trees will be stored up. After Christmas, the the presents will be returned. And the calories will need to be burned for me. I looked at some of you and I got a dirty look. Like, why are you calling me out or something? The mistletoe will be taken down. Which, side note, kids, is for married couples only. (laughs) The season will be over. But the birth of Christ will still be evident. The fact that God so loved you and me that he sent his son in the form of infancy the form of humility to grow up on this round rock here we call earth. To experience the things that you and I experience, the temptations that you and I have dealt with, but to live a perfect and sinless life will always be true no matter what season it is. And will always need to be preached and proclaimed. And this story, it causes us to to do something different. It's a call to be maybe like Joseph. To step out of of the the sense of normality that that surrounds us. To step out of of worrying about our reputation. and, And setting that aside and finding a new identity. 
Or maybe it calls us to be like the shepherds that leave everything, that leave their jobs and they, they head out to witness Jesus themselves with their own eyes. And from there on, they, they stand in awe of him, but from there on, they go and they proclaim that the Messiah has come, that the Savior has been born. Or maybe it calls us to be like Mary, to look at all those around us and know that we could be called a scandalous, to know that we could be called horrible things, but in the end, we're seen by God himself as carrying his son to those around us. This season reminds us of what we're about. And it calls us to do something out of the norm, to live radically. May this season be a time that you reflect on Christ's birth, on his life, on his death, on his resurrection, on his spirit being sent to us to help us May your soul magnify the Lord. May your spirit dwell in his righteousness.